Hey everybody, it's Dr. Nick here with another exciting episode of the Hospitality Spirit. Wow, am I excited today for our guest. I am joined today by David Duncan, President and CEO of First Hospitality. David is a real estate investor and hotel operator who brings 25 years of global operating experience, managing high-performing teams as a president, CFO, and managing director in both public and private organizations, and has been involved in over $10 billion of real estate and capital market transactions. David joined First Hospitality from JC Resorts, an owner-operator of Coastal Resort and Golf Properties located in La Jolla, California. Prior to that, he was president of Denahan Hospitality Group, a private real estate owner and hotel operator, which he expanded from six hotels in New York City into a nationally recognized hotel operator with 14 hotels operating throughout the United States. David has extensive broadcast experience and is a frequent speaker in a variety of leading publications. Additionally, he has made appearances on numerous television news programs. He's a frequent speaker at various real estate and lodging industry panels. He's a member of Urban Land Institute Hotel Development Council. David lives in Chicago with his wife, Susan, and their two dogs. In his free time, he loves to ski, mountain bike, ride motorcycles, and catch up with his three children. He's passionate about improving the lives of the underprivileged youth and supporting research to cure multiple myeloma with the MMRF. David, thanks for being on the podcast today. Nick, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate the time. So I've been looking forward to our conversation. There's there's so many different directions that we can go here. You're a local Chicago guy. First Hospitality is a great um, employer of people here in the city. Uh, lots of guests come into Chicago, stay and dine with First Hospitality. But why don't we start with the current? Let's start with your current role as president and CEO of First Hospitality. What does that entail for those that aren't familiar? Yeah, thank you, Nick. Uh, the uh, First Hospitality is is a classic owner, operator, and developer of hotels, meaning that we do a variety of things. We find real estate to turn into hotels from a development perspective, and then we're also an operator of hotels on a national scale where we operate hotels for our own account, those that we've acquired with our capital, and also hotels that are owned by others we call third-party and in that context, that's sort of the first hospitality umbrella. So in this conversation, we'll flip a little bit between sort of the real estate development aspect as well as the hotel operations aspect, which are two very different but very closely interrelated businesses. I think, and it's interesting because I think those that maybe are somewhat new to the hospitality industry and specifically the the lodging segment, they assume that when they see a, a flag in front of a hotel, a Marriott Hilton Hyatt intercontinental, that that is the company that owns and operates it. But in reality, a large portion of these hotels globally, not just here in the U.S., are either owned and or operated by companies like First Hospitality. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And just for perspective, starting decades ago, like a lot of industries, we've moved to a what I'll call a specialization model, which back in the day when Conrad Hilton or the Marriott family got started in the hotel business. They built the hotel, they operated the hotel, they put their name and flag on it. Today, there's often three different constituencies or more in a particular building. Often the owner is a individual or an institutional group 
unrelated to a brand or a manager. And then there's the franchisor or the, in this context, the Marriott and Hilton franchising the operations of that hotel, helping the owner and manager find customers. And then there's the hotel manager, which really operates under the franchise flag, employs the people, runs the business on a day-to-day basis. Three different groups, often related, sometimes completely separate. And in seldom, in some occasions, they're the same group, but it's really uh, depends on the four corners of the real estate. So if you had to, if you had to pin it down, are you a, are you a real estate guy? Are you a hospitality industry guy? Are you a specialized hybrid of both? How, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, I would say I'm uh it's probably one of my uh, things that I'm most grateful for, which is in the first part of my career, I was a capital markets, I would say real estate guy using your language. Mm-hmm. And what I found, you know, 20 plus years ago is for me, this sweet spot of hotel investment involves both the long-term investment in real estate and the underlying sort of intellectual underpinnings that come with that, as well as the operations of a hotel. And what I've found is this sweet spot for me where we can buy buildings, brand those buildings, and bring the hotel operations to that uh, particular real estate. And I just love the combination of a long-term investment strategy mm-hmm. with the operating model and the hotel operations that we get to, the, the sandbox that we get to play in there. So I would say uh, really the hybrid there is what I really love to play in. That's great. That's great. Do you kind of, do you remember back when, what it was about it, about hospitality and tourism that, or hospitality specifically, that really interested you? Was it the, was it kind of the, the uniqueness of the industry? Was it the fact that it's the world's largest industry? One in 10 people in, around the world work in this industry. What, what was it about hospitality that intrigued you? Yeah, for, for me, I spent, like I said, the first part of my career, really from more from the investment perspective, the investment thesis was business proposition, spreadsheet and a model and metric based uh, choices. And what I discovered coming into the hotel business is I get to retain that. But my real uh, passion on the hotel side is the people side of the business. And in our hotel operating company, we have this wonderful opportunity to, like I said, bring business to life inside of a building. But beyond that, extend into the community and help sort of lift that community up from an operating perspective where we bring you know, sometimes very young talent into the hotel promote from within, develop general managers, regional operations, folks, and senior leaders. And I love the people side of the business, which not only is the customer side, which is helping people on their way and travel, but also, and especially the associate side, we really, we can really make an incredible difference in our associate's life based on the way we run the business. And that to me is really a fascinating part of the business. Well, and I think you're, you're spot on. I mean, anybody that says this industry, I think some people have a misconception that this industry is about the, the amenities in the room and the, the luxury dining experience. But in reality, hospitality at its core is the people. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you a plug here. A lot of our alums from the School of Hospitality Leadership, as well as current employees, have gone on to work for First Hospitality and had a truly wonderful experience. And it's the development opportunities. It's the chance that they're supported in in growth and there's room for both horizontal and vertical movement within the organization. So I, I will give you absolute kudos for that. 
I was sitting talking to uh, an alum the other night at a uh, at an industry event, an Illinois Hotel Lodging Association event. It was the the younger members. I think it was thirty under thirty or forty under forty, something like that. And they just had nothing but positive things to say. So so you've you've done a great job in that capacity. I'm I'm curious for for those that aren't familiar with kind of what the role of president and CEO for an organization like yours does. What is a and I'll be the first to admit there is no typical day in hospitality, but but what does a week look like for you? Are you in the office? Are you going down to the property level, engaging with the associates, dealing with owners? What what does that look like for you in a in a typical week? Yeah, the I, I can tell you over the past couple of years, including in the middle of the pandemic, there was no typical day for mm-hmm. sure. But as we move, you know, to a a bit more normalized travel cycle. I like to divide my time in, in sort of thirds, a third in looking for real estate and investment opportunities uh, in sort of on a national basis. Uh, the next third is really spending time in our hotels with our associates. And I'm going to go back to your comment before, which I you know greatly appreciate. And then the other third is on a sort of strategic long-term basis. Where are we heading with the business? Do we have the right people? processes and uh, motivations in place to get there and trying to put these things together. I want to go back to your comment before, which I really appreciate. I will tell you that from our perspective, and I, uh, I hope this comes across uh, you know, consistently, is the vast majority of people inside of our business are in this business because they love the hotel business. Mm-hmm. They love dealing with people. And it's not just sort of a brochure, but a natural way of doing business and thinking about life. And I think that's, uh, to a large degree, what makes us you know, most successful is we really try to recruit and focus our retention efforts on people that fundamentally like people, fundamentally like helping people, have a service mindset. And uh, in that sense, when they bring that spirit to the business, it makes everything so much easier. We can train people in technical roles, but what's really hard is to, bring, to find that sort of DNA baked in. You give me somebody that loves people and loves you know, helping people and you know, pushing associates and interested in seeing other folks succeed, we can train and uh, you know, promote based on the technical skills that uh, are required as well. That's really great to hear because I think, you know, an, an exploration of a career and, and it, I don't think hospitality just needs to be a job. I think it can genuinely be a career. And I, and I reflect back to many decades ago when I was in hotel school and myself and the people I, were, I was going to school with, a lot of it was difficult to comprehend the vastness of the industry that I think we, I think sometimes people think it's just hotels and restaurants and you, you kind of don't know, you kind of know you want to go into it. You're just not sure what you want to do. And being able to go to a company like First Hospitality, as well as your competitors, the best companies out there, I think, are ones that really give you a chance to explore that you might think you want to go in and work at the front desk. But when you get that taste of revenue management or sales or room res or even housekeeping, that might change your perspective entirely. And but but being a company like First Hospitality, there's there is that room to grow. There is that room to get mentorship. There is that room to sometimes answer that really important question. I know I want to be in this industry, but this isn't what I want to do. I'm going to try something else. And having a company like yours really gives them that opportunity to do so. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, like I said before, I'm really grateful for my own 
luck and in, in finding this business. I would say as a young person and maybe the first half of my career, I really considered myself, I'm going to say a quant mm-hmm. investment oriented individual. And what I found, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about this, is what's meaningful in life in addition to you know having good investments is how you can help people, how you interact with people and the people side of that business. And so what I think is, is somewhat unique in First Hospitality is we have groups and people that do things from the front end of looking at investments and understanding the quantitative analysis to understanding what the design requirements ought to be for a building, what the restaurant food and beverage offering should be to really make it come to life. Also from a revenue management, sort of a data science Mm -hmm. perspective, which is how we built a building or we found our way into managing a building on a long-term basis, what's the right revenue strategy. And that's part data science, part intuition. And then we have general managers and operating folks that try to canvas and harvest the best of all these things, which is what's the right brand solution? What's the right restaurant solution? What's the right revenue management? How are we making sure the customer uh, requirements are met in the you know the best way? And sort of across that broad spectrum, I think we have a lot of different opportunities for people to really investigate what they like. Mm-hmm. Over a very long term, what that would have said for someone like me is somebody that came in and thought they were you know, maybe A, in my example, more quantitative oriented, what they really love is doing a lot of other things. And uh, we've experienced that quite a bit. Sure. One of the things we really emphasize here is, is people finding A, come to work and be your authentic self and find what you're, what you love and you're good at. And we really try to really push what I'll call promotion from within, but that doesn't necessarily mean just push them down a path because that's what they've selected. We have a number of people that are right now running other uh, parts of our group, revenue management and operations, that really started the early part of their career in a different part of the hotel business. Mm-hmm. I'm curious with with a company like yours. I mean, one of the one of the difficult decisions that I think a lot of people early on in their career face is, okay, I, I know I want to go into the hotel industry, but what kind of property I go to? Full service, limited service you know, you have experience like I do in the resort side of things, but also in kind of a more urban-based hotel. When we look at a company like First Hospitality, you've got Autograph, Soie de Vie, Renaissance, but then you've also got Doubletree, Hilton Garden Inn, Homewood Suites. How do you help match up the individual with kind of, let's say, the brand inside your portfolio? Because the type of associate and the type of work experience that you're going to have at a Schwab V or an autograph might be very, very different than a residence in. How do you how do you help them figure out what the best fit is for them? Yeah, that's a, a really good, really good question. I think predominantly that's self-selection mm-hmm. in that to some degree, we have a pretty small group of people here and you get real access to the senior leaders to understand what's sort of out there. But to a large degree, the personality the life balance requirements that an individual has, the way they just think about you know, what they're interested in doing on a day-to-day basis largely drives the way they think about if they want to be at a, a residence in sort of asset or an autograph or some other more complex full service. And so what I'd say is we try to give exposure to people. They largely are able to pick for themselves what's really interesting to them. And to a large degree, that's up to them as to what sort of works with their life balance what their long-term goals are, as well as, you know, on a day-to-day basis, what really 
you know, turns their lights on. And I think also there's the, there's the point of kind of, if you think about succession planning and you think about giving somebody really good experience, maybe earlier in their career, you know, going on and taking on that first leadership role, let's say in housekeeping, you know, maybe you go to a smaller property, maybe you go to a limited service property and really start to hone your knowledge, skills and abilities, and then parlay that then later on to maybe a larger property. So having that flexibility, and this is something that we tell our students all the time to say, listen, you can go be the front office manager at the the big box hotel in the middle of Times Square, or you can go be an assistant GM at a limited service property in maybe a more uh, rural environment. So having that flexibility purely from a succession planning standpoint is a great strategic advantage for you. I think that's true. I, if you think about just to choose the general manager as an example, they're the head of a business, right? They really own that business from an operating perspective. And uh, it's very hard to you know, start by running a super complicated business. Mm-hmm. And the select service and the more uh, extended stay oriented brands, you really get an opportunity often at a sometimes younger stage in their career to own that business, understand the revenue cycle, understand what it takes to get a team behind you from housekeeping to the sales force, et cetera. And I think that's more attainable earlier on in their career at a more select service or straight premium select service hotel. And as you experience that and have success there, you then have the opportunity to do other things on more complex operations. Not to say that's the only career path. We have a lot of folks that have come up through As you described, being the front office position at a very complex hotel, found their way into sales or into revenue management, and they end up becoming the business leader in a complex business. And so I think there are a lot of different ways. And what's interesting, especially in the hospitality space, is there while there is sort of a career pathing of become a department leader to bigger group operations, to the general manager, to the operations, as to how people seek that. We've seen a lot of folks come from different businesses coming out of the restaurant side to run hotels or, you know, coming up through housekeeping or, or revenue management or sales. So there's no one, there's no one answer, I guess is what. Yeah, no. And I agree with you. And I think if it also gives you the flexibility of learning about different brand standards. And I think that that is such an important attribute of the of the development process of of young leaders and understanding you know these are the these are Hilton brand standards these are Marriott brand standards this is how a Weston differs from a Sheraton this is you know all these things you kind of put in that the proverbial toolbox if you will that you might not need to use that tool for a couple of years but it's in there and you've got it and you can always refer back to it and you you almost develop this portfolio of of skills that you have that you'll use throughout your career and Take nothing for granted. Um, I'm curious, coming out of this pandemic, I'm, and I'm, I'm very optimistic. I am absolutely glass half full right now on, on this. Can you think back on any lessons that you've learned in your role as president and CEO over the last couple of years about what do you take away from this, either from the way that you treat your associates to customer expectations to technology innovation are there two or three things that that you're that are you're, you're excited about that you used them really as a as a teaching moment for yourself in your role yeah I, it's a, a two different answers to that one is I truly believe that the hospitality world maybe the larger world for sure 
is at a very unique place in the changes that are happening from travel patterns to the way capital markets are operating to many different long-term trends, including technology and the uh, advanced rate of, of adoption. And so I'm really excited and coming out of this pandemic, energized around what I think is a very unique opportunity to the likes of the early days of the internet or other really transformative days in the business that I may not have actually had the opportunity to experience in my career, keeping in mind that I'm, you know, I've been at this for quite a while. And so I really think we have just some amazing opportunities in front of us as, you know, business, the way people employ, the way people think about uh, technology, real estate investment strategy, structure, underlying capital availabilities, et cetera. There's just a whole range of, I think, things that are very, very fluid today, which make our opportunities in front of us probably unique, maybe unique in a generation. Um, What I would tell you, maybe that's a little bit about sort of where we go from here or where we are today. I think the the lessons that I observed or saw during the, the pandemic are ones that I probably learned, you know, when I was in grade school and continue to try to learn again and again. But one of them goes to this thing of reputation. People will always remember how you treated them. And during a time of the pandemic, when keep in mind, our revenue you know, declined upwards of 90% in a month, right? And so the challenges that forces on any business is, is really profound. And but one of the things that we focused on literally from the, you know, the first day is remember, we're in this for the long haul, behave honorably, People will always remember the way you behave during times of, you know, stress and distress. And, uh, you know, we, we tried to never forget that in spite of how, you know, difficult some of those choices were and some of those uh, circumstances were. I think that's sort of what I would say is, is super important. That's, that's true every day, but it's especially impactful when you go through a, a time period like the pandemic in the hospitality business. Well, it sounds like you're you're an embodiment of the hospitality spirit, if I can be so bold as to talk about. I mean, that's that's the core of what we were thinking when we named this podcast. It's that spirit of hospitality to be empathy, to be empathetic, to realize that it's about the people, to realize that these are humans, they have families, they that that your associates are your company and they are the hospitality industry. So that's that's very refreshing to hear. As we kind of wrap up, I, I want to be continue with our kind of reflective questions. And I'm, I'm curious, sitting in your role right now as, as president and CEO, thinking back on some career lessons that you learned, was it, was it mentorship? Was it putting yourself outside of your comfort zone? Was it taking risks? Was it coming up with great work-life balance strategies? What, what do you take away reflecting on your fantastic career that somebody listening to this that maybe has aspirations of being president and CEO of a hospitality company might take away? Yeah, um, I appreciate that. I think the, I don't want to you know, sort of misinf- misinform you, the work-life balance aspect I am a big advocate of it. Mm-hmm. I personally am terrible at it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I, I think sp- most people would say the exact same thing. <laughs> I have spent the vast majority of my life over the last you know thirty plus years in the office, and I honestly thought this very odd thing when I was young. When I had to work eighty hours a week, 
I honestly thought this is good. I'll learn twice as much this week. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sort of embarrassed to say the that quant, the quant guy just, uh, that, that equation on, doesn't just, add up. <laughs> right. I mean, totally. I just twice as much exposure. It's gotta be twice as good. And I'm not sure I'm too far away from that psychology personally, but on the flip side, I've seen, you know, our teams and what it really takes to sustain energy over long periods of time in the business. And, uh, I, I don't, uh, uh, discount the importance of the work-life balance. But back to your, uh, your your broader question, I would say two or three things from from my perspective have helped me immensely. One is go outside of your comfort zone. Be thoughtful about it, but don't, but really lean into that. Where I've learned the most in my life exponentially is where I've said, gee, I'm not sure I want to go to that conversation or move to that city or take on that role because it felt like it might be too big for me or too hard for me or too uncomfortable. And every time I've done that, I've learned so much more. I'm a kid that grew up in a small Midwestern town that we'd been there for literally generations. And my father was, you know, a business leader, mayor of the town. I go to the grocery store and know virtually everybody there. And I found myself opting in on an opportunity to move to the West Coast where I literally didn't know another person. And I can tell you in my, you know, sort of recently out of college, that experience was just transformational for me in terms of finding out a little bit more about myself and what I was really interested in without the sort of comforts of knowing everyone in town and having a a social circle. Making choices like that for me is what really helped me learn. It wasn't always easy and sometimes it didn't always go, you know, as I'd hoped, but it it really did, uh, I think, help round out my, my perspective. And then the other is uh, people use the word mentor a lot. And what I would say, choose mentors carefully. And what I really appreciate is mentors that are uh, supportive, but also just rigidly challenging your logic. Mm. And I've, I've had experiences and seen other people that have a mentor that's sort of the cheerleader. Yeah, that's great. Do that, do that, do that. And not often, you know, explain that logic to me. Are you sure that's really going to work for you? Let me give you some other ideas. And so I like the counterpoint in mentoring and to, to really make people think through what it is they're looking for. And so in mentor, what I would say is really look for somebody that is the seeker of truth for you, in addition to being supportive and positive towards your, uh, your sort of career decisions. But and when I look at my long, you know, the, the career that I've had, those points and those voices, when I look back, were probably the most impactful and in, in, in what we got what got me to where I am today. Yeah, I think I think to that point, and that's a great answer. And and I think with mentorship, the best mentors that I've had in my career really wore multiple hats. They were a cheerleader. I mean, they were an advocate for you. They were really good at being a devil's advocate, kind of saying, "Okay, but have you thought about this? Have you, let, let's look at it from a different perspective." And to your point, it's somebody that challenges you to get outside of your comfort zone just enough where, it, where you learn and you grow. Um, to have somebody that just says, yes, 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 you're doing a good job, and that's all the feedback that you get, I'm not sure how much you grow from that. That sometimes, sometimes you need to hear somebody say, yeah, you totally screwed that up, and what did you learn from it, and what can you do to try to 
do your best to make sure that it's not going to happen again. Because listen, we, we all make mistakes in this industry. I mean, if I think back to the very first time I ever had to walk a guest from in an oversold hotel, I fumbled that ball so quickly, <laughs> but you learn from it and you, you grow from it. And whether you go to First Hospitality or you go to another company, that's what this industry is about. It's about learning. It's dynamic. It is absolutely not monotonous. You don't have to sit in a cubicle and work nine to five. You can see the world. Um, and this is truly one of the greatest industries out there. And I can't thank you enough, David, for kind of sharing your perspective on that and spending some time with us today and hearing about all the great things going on at, at First Hospitality. It was it was wonderful to hear. No, thank you. And I, what I would say is from our perspective at First Hospitality is when we think about mentoring and leading people, my perspective is we can do a really nice job of teaching people to be business leaders. If we're really successful, we teach them to be better community leaders, better family members, better counterparts, and uh, I think that's one of the things that we really try to focus on, which is this is more than just a job. It really is, if we do our job well, helping people really round out the broadcast of their skills. 